WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Cameron Riddle, Indy's newsman from WRTV. This morning in the Radio 1 studios, it is Sunday, August 30th. And what a good Sunday it is going to be on the show today. The woman who is in charge of the county's health and your safety, Dr. Virginia Kane, spends some time with us answering your questions about COVID-19, coronavirus. Schools have been in for about a month here in Marion County, and it's been about a month since we last checked in with the doc. So we will look at the numbers. We will spend some time with Dr. Kane and get you caught up to date on how things are going inside Marion County schools and what is next as the coronavirus numbers don't do not seem like they are headed in the direction of downward. All that said, school looks like it's still going to be open. Your questions for the doctor, you can call us 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. That is the number to get on the live line with Dr. Kane and I for this next hour of Open Lines. But first, before we do that, let's get you caught up on what is happening this morning in the news. Indiana is reporting 1,140 new cases of coronavirus and eight additional deaths. The statewide caseload is now up to 92,434 cases of COVID-19 in Indiana. Marion County continues to lead the state for the most cases and deaths with 18,212 cases and 748 deaths. Inside the hospitals, 12% of ICU beds are being used by COVID patients, 52% are being used by non-COVID patients, and 36% of ICU beds are available. 83% of the state's ventilators are available as well. Ball State University President Jeffrey Mearns is warning students that classes could go remote for the rest of the semester. That is, if students do not change their behavior. A total of 372 students have tested positive for COVID-19 as a Friday. In a statement to students, President Mearns let them know the steady increase of cases are not linked to any academic classrooms or spaces or even the residence halls, but are rather from poor personal choices some students are making primarily off campus. He told them the decision on what they will make in the future will be made over this weekend, depending on how this weekend goes. In your forecast, it is looking good for this Sunday. Mostly sunny skies with a 10% chance of rain and a high of 81 degrees. Right now, it is 61 degrees in Indy. And now, uh, Dr. Kane, Dr. Virginia Kane, Marion County's Public Health Department Director, the expert on infectious diseases, the woman who caused the shots when it comes to what's open, what's closed, who's going where, how many people. She joins us this morning to answer your questions. Go ahead, start calling us now, 317-239-9696. Dr. Kane, good morning. Hey, how are you? I am so good. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Good. Are you resting? Uh, yes, I am. All right, good, good. Ebony and Tina uh, send their love. They are both resting this morning too. Some much deserved time off, but it's it's been busy. We've been doing this for um, six months, and three months ago, I would not have thought we would still be here. Yes, I agree with you. 
How are things looking in Marion County? Schools have been in for uh, 30 days. Uh, the state has released their latest guidance, uh, which doesn't really recommend um, even hybrid uh, type of classroom learning until there was basically the worst case scenario in the county. And Marion County is doing rather well, according to their chart. So, yes, we're very fortunate um, that, you know, <clears throat> there are like several criteria we use in order to determine how bad. There's community spread of COVID-19. One of those criteria is that we look at the percentage of people who are positive in the community in terms of having positive tests for COVID-19. What is that percentage? And ideally, the best percentage you would love to see in a community where it suggests you don't have significant community spread is there something called positivity rate. And that positivity rate is less than 5%, and you're having a positivity rate of less than 5% going on at least for two or three weeks. So that's one criteria. Mm -hmm. The other criteria we kind of look at is um, the number of cases you're seeing daily each day. Okay. So how many cases do we see each day? And back in uh, May, the, around the first week in May, that was the worst of our epidemic here. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, when the epidemic first started, we had about almost, wow, the people we tested, almost 3% of the people were positive for COVID-19. And then I think it was around about 24th, just before uh -huh. the July 4th holiday, we had got that positivity rate from about over 30% all the way down to 4.2%, down to 4.2%. In our cases, we were seeing over 300 cases a day. Mm -hmm, down. And we daily, daily. And we got that down to 45 cases per day. So we were looking fantastic. And as our numbers came down, we said, oh, wow, we can probably reopen up a lot of places, businesses, and have more people be able to come out. Uh, but then we saw a second peak. We saw a noosh going back in the wrong direction. Why, why, do, you, yes. why, why do you think that is? Because I'm looking at the, the map right now on the state's website and like you said the our our toughest peak back was you know the beginning of may may 1st and then on april 26th statewide and we went down 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 and then let's see we started going up right after the fourth of july did we get exactly too comfortable right. so, what what happened so july july the fourth we went just the july the fourth we went back up so we opened up a lot of things july the fourth we opened up the bars and taverns we uh, increased the amount of capacity you could be in a restaurant indoors. Um, places like, for example, um, the gatherings, we could increase to large numbers. For example, we opened up the Children's Museum, which could see 8,000 kids a day. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of venues where we allowed um, a large numbers of people to, um, to come back but they were supposed to wear masks, and they were supposed to uh, do six-feet distancing. 
Unfortunately for us, we had a substantial number of people who, you know, didn't take us seriously, didn't believe that we needed to um, to wear masks, mm-hmm. and they didn't care about the six feet distance. So would you so, say, Doc, that the numbers we're seeing now, because it's, it's rather consistent uh, just a bit above or just a bit under a thousand new cases a day with the context you just added, because I forgot about those things that we when you look at what our daily averages were before was during the stay at home orders. Now this is stage four point five where life is closest to normal as it's going to get. Is this the numbers that we're seeing? Is this what it should be or is that adequate or acceptable um, for the conditions that we're living in where we are going places? So, no. So let me just say we look at things differently, mm-hmm. and we probably went to for Marion County. Can I speak for Marion mm-hmm. County? Let me look at those. For Marion County, we probably went to um, um, four point five states a little too early. Mm-hmm. We didn't get our cases down low enough, and what was happening was we think that the uh, a significant number of people from the surrounding counties. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the restrictions that we had, okay? So they could they didn't have to wear masks. Um, they did have to do the social, six foot social distancing, but they didn't have to wear masks. And they were always they didn't have a lot of the restrictions that we had when our numbers were going down very nicely. So we think that that also contributed significantly because we have a significant number of people working the surrounding. Uh, who uh, live in the surrounding counties, but they work here in Marion County. Mm-hmm. the county line, okay? And so um, um, we had to initiate everybody required to wear a face mask. So we think that once we put that requirement in to wear a face mask, and that takes about three to four weeks before you can see the positive results related to that. And we think because that major factor and that factor had us going back to, we're probably back to like stage three that we're implementing now. So you've limited the size of your social gathering. Uh, We have continued to keep the bars and the taverns closed because we found out one other thing that happened this last time that the demographic, the age group changed of who's getting the COVID cases now. In the past, you had to be 60 or older uh, to get 50% of the COVID cases when we had the big epidemic, the big peak. Now we're seeing the age group who's having the most cases, over 30% of our cases are in our age group, 20 to 29 years of age. Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers right now. For 20 to 29 years of age, they make up 19.9%. This is Marion County. This is Marion County. 19.9% of all positive COVID cases in Marion County are people 20 to 29. And as you heard the doctor say, six months ago when this was first coming down, the big the big word was, hey, this is going to heavily affect people 60 and up. And while it has right now, people 60 to 69 make up 11 percent in Marion County. People 50 to 59 make up 14 percent. And actually, it goes backwards. Then it's 30 to 39 make up 18 percent. 
people 20 to right. 29 make up 19%. And 0 to 19, so babies to 19 years old, make up 8.3%. That's correct. You scare me. You're so good with these percentages. <laughs> I'm just reading the computer. I don't, don't give me that much credit. I'm just reading the computer. All right. Okay. Okay. I can at least um, read, but you're the expert. Uh, yeah. And you know, the <laughs> other thing that popped up, let me just say this too. Mm-hmm. We found out that if you looked at it from a racial and ethnic background, the Hispanic and Latino population surpassed the number of cases in the African-Americans. They had twice mm. the number of cases per 100,000 population for the COVID-19 compared to African-Americans. So African-Americans were no longer getting the, the brutal burden of this COVID-19 compared to our Latino partners at twice the rate of African-Americans and blacks. And they were at three times the rate of their white counterparts. And even in our Asian Burmese population at higher rates of COVID-19 than our white counterparts. And I'm looking at the numbers again here from Marion County, black or African-American make up 22.6% of COVID cases and then Hispanic, well, let's see, that's not Hispanic or Latino, make up 30%. It's just, say, 30.6. That's what's yeah. the rule. Yep, 30.6. Yep, okay. there it is. Doc, are you ready to take some questions? Our phone lines are full I am, now. I am, I am. I'm ready to take some questions. All right, we're on the air this morning with Dr. Virginia Kane, the director of the Marion County Public Health Department and a literal expert on infectious diseases. This is the woman to talk to to ask your questions about what our future is and what the current state of life here in Marion County is right now. Let's go to the phone lines. Caller on line two. Good morning. It's Larry Vaughn, please. You know, Good morning, there's Larry. no way this can be explained, Cameron, is that these are crimes against humanity. We know that this thing, they don't have, they don't, they're not experts. They don't have the cure. If they were experts, they would have had the cure by now. But this is something that's destroying our whole society. It's destroying our education. It's destroying our businesses and everything else over a bunch of foolishness. Seventy-nine percent of the people who have died from this so-called pandemic have been in nursing homes. Uh, hey, a newsflash, you go to a nursing home to die. These people are coming out. I don't know what their, uh, their final motivation is, but it seems like a death wish to me. They're destroying our children's future when they close our schools down because of uh, uh, outrageous spending in the state of Indiana and property tax caps and then try to cover it up with some kind of pandemic. Dr. Kane has to know what's going on with the financials in this state and how we've destroyed our, 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 our Constitution and destroyed our way of collecting taxes. And this is why they're milking this for much as they can. They're right. out murdering people, right? All right, all right. Out, but I take that back. But what they're doing is, is they're destroying our kids, Cameron. You can see our kids are walking the street now involved in prostitution and everything. And to give them uh, these computers to take home, all they're going to do is sit around and watch porn all day. And then all they're going to right, they, they They're going to sit around and watch porn all day. All right, Larry. pop-ups that come on. And when they hit that button, that's going to take them to a porn website. All right, Larry. I don't, I don't know where that's going on day. at, Larry. All right, all right. Yeah, I don't know where on what school computer you can visit, uh, let alone Facebook, but any adult websites that you're alluding to. So, uh, yeah, Dr. King, if you want to respond to any of that, feel free. If not, we can keep on keep this bus rolling. 
You know, Larry's too too smart, too intelligent for me, so <laughs> I don't have a comment right now. Sometimes it's uh, best to let him say his piece, and he has done that. Now, let's go to the next caller, because the phone lines are completely full. 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Hey, Kevin. How you doing this morning? I'm all right, Paul. How you doing, man? This is Paul. I'm doing great. Hey, Dr. Kane. How are you today? Hey, fun. How are you, sir? I am doing great. I guess you're the queen today, huh? <laughs> She's always the queen. Queen of medical. <laughs> anyway, guys, I'm going to get right to this. I'm going to kind of switch gears. I had to take my brother... Uh, to the uh, eye sur- to eye surgery this past Wednesday at 103 Illinois up in Carmel. And when we got in there, because of the covert and the separation, I had noticed that there was a, there's a black nurse that takes you in and everything. But when she seated me, I had noticed that the white people were in one section and we were placed in the farther section. And so I made the comment and was like, wow, you know, the separate separation here. And so my comment uh, uh, alerted some other people, I guess. And the lady comes out and she comes back to the black section and says that uh, no kind of racist comments uh, need to be said and blah, 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 blah. And uh, the other gentleman that was sitting there said, well, there wasn't anything racial said. And then I told them, I said, y'all the ones that set this dynamic up. I said, y'all have all the white people over there closer to everything, and y'all have us sitting way over here in the back. I said, you guys are the ones that designed this, not me. I said, but because I said something about it, I said, now y'all got a problem. So I'm kind of curious to wonder, when has the truth become the new hate speech? Because when I was here looking at these folks, and just so happened, the brother that was sitting there, I had made some more comments after 30 that. 30 seconds, Paul. And he, he, okay, and he asked me, he said, did I hear you last week on the radio? And I told him, yeah. And he was making a comment about how powerful this show is. And so, uh, Dr. Kane, my question to you is, how do you go in uh, as a, uh, um, a doctor and separate this nonsense of racism when we go to these facilities? Thank you, That's Paul. That's my comment. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. And Cameron, keep it up, brother. Keep Thank you, up. ma'am. Thank you. Dr. Kane, right. to you. Well, I, think one, I think the number one thing is that, you know, when you publicize it publicly, and, and uh, you need to tell me the name of the practice, but what happens is uh, we don't regulate. the Our local health department doesn't regulate doctor's offices, but if we find that there's something um, going wrong or whatever, we report it to what's called the Indiana Professional Licensing Board. This is the board that licenses doctors, and they do investigations related to the office compared to their practices. And we've done that several times during this COVID-19 practice. If we looked at the practice, what it should, uh, our attorneys were reported to the Indiana Professional Licensing Board. That's who controls their medical license to even practice. So, Dr. Cameron, you're getting some more calls. Let me ask you before I go back to the phone lines, school. Now, you know, outside of this, I'm at Channel 6, but outside of that, I also drive a school bus for one of the townships here in, in town. And so yes, I... Sir. What'd you say? I said, yes, sir, uh-huh. Uh, so I've got a front row seat to how things have been going as far as 
the social distancing and your orders for school to do the hybrid learning, meaning uh, for grades 6 through 12, only half of the student population is ever at school at one time. Um, so in, in some districts, it's A through L on Monday and Tuesday, and then M through Z go Thursday and Friday. Uh, it's different in each district how they do it, but that's about how it goes. And and at least on the south side, um, that has worked out well, particularly on the bus, because even if the bus has 70 kids who may ride it, you're only really picking up 20 kids because half of them don't even go to school that day. But then the other half, their parent, the other quarter, their parents are taking them to school by car. And then the uh, other half. Uh, are doing e-learning at home, period. So I have not seen any buses that have been overcrowded. There was one route that I ran where it seemed like everybody's last name on that particular day was M through Z. So there was a good number of people on, on the bus on that particular day. And then at the elementary level, still rather full. I know those weren't the kids that are most at risk or were most concerned about with passing covid but at the 6 through 12 level, anyway, it seems to be going rather well. I, I know there have been cases in each district that is open, but we have not seen an outbreak. Is that correct? So that is correct. We have not seen an outbreak. So we're very proud of what the schools are doing. They seem to be doing a, a fantastic job and whatever. And they are, uh, you know, some uh, every once in a while we get a report that someone may not be following what they think are the guidelines. Mm -hmm. So we have to go into that school system and do a little investigation and whatever. So, but we're doing really well. You know where we're having problems? We're now having problems with uh, parents sometimes that are allowing uh, their children to, to uh, maybe um, uh, have a party. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the teenagers themselves, have decided they're going to have a party and they're not wearing masks and they're not doing social distancing. You I've, know, and it's hard. I know that, oh, my son has a birthday party or my daughter has a birthday party. Uh, my girls may want to have a slumber party and invite people, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 10 or more folks to come over and sleep in the house. And so those are those type of instances where we're finding out that someone may be positive and they can infect the other people. So we're trying to really figure out a way how you can have a, a birthday party, but without inviting your, your uh, you know, his friends over. Mm -hmm. We need to just get through this first two months of school before we do that and figure out a way how you can um, not have large gatherings if you can avoid it and right now. And that's the main thing that I've heard that any case that I've heard at one of the school districts, it hasn't really been uh, started at the school district. It's been connected to a birthday party, just like you said, or a sleepover. So I'm hearing that a lot. Yes. So that's uh, that's our major issue now. And, you know, people think it's safe. Well, if I just have nine people over <clears throat> for my for my uh, my son or my daughter, it's OK. But actually, it's not OK. Uh, so if you can, it's just, and I know it's hard for the kids because mm -hmm. uh, they they want to get back to a normal life and they want to continue to do the things that they've done before that school started. But I just need them to hold on just a little bit longer. Our positivity rate has got down to 5.2%. 5.2% it's gotten down to, but that may be a false 
percentage getting down because it was 6.4% when we recognized that IUPUI tested like about 16,000 students, a lot of them coming in from out of state. And so less than 1% was positive, but because you all of a sudden had 16,000 new tests added uh, to our testing it brought our positivity rate down, we think kind of falsely down. So it may not be the true number in the community. So we're still probably, even though our numbers are saying 5.2%, we kind of think we're in the 6.4, 6.3 range. And that's really decent because remember now, we want to get that positivity down below 5%. But here's the other secret that's even more important. How many cases are we averaging per day? So that's that's the other issue. And we had gotten up to like um, we had gotten up to like um, oh almost 170 cases per day, even like a hundred and almost almost uh, I think a hundred and let me see. 100 and uh, at least 91 cases, 207 cases, I think, was the highest cases we got. And that was like the first um, August the 7th. So we want to, just more recently, mm-hmm. we are down to averaging about 115 cases a day. So we're still above 100. And really, we need to see our cases below 20. Oh wow! Day. We got we got work the to low do. Low twenty a day, so we got some work uh, ahead of us. But we're no longer at the two hundred cases a day. We're down to a moving average of about a hundred and fifteen cases a day. That's over a seven day period. But our most recent case was a hundred and eleven. So we got a we still that's a lot of cases still happening with us in I'm, our community. I'm here this morning. We with... are going down in the right direction in Marion County where the state numbers are still going up. On the air this morning with Dr. Virginia Kane, the director of the Marion County Public Health De- Department. Uh, Dr. Kane, you have a number of calls still standing by. Are you going to stick around for us and answer some more of these on the other yes, side? Yes, sir. All right. I sure am. All right. Dr. Kane is going to be with us. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Those of you who are uh, on hold, that means you are hearing our voices through your phone. You're on hold, and you will be the next people we talk to on the other side of the break. If you keep calling 317-239-9696 and you hear a busy signal, that's because all of the phone lines are full. Keep calling. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, more with Dr. Kane answering your questions. Callers who are hearing the show on your phone, stay right there. You're up next. More of the Open Line Show. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, from WRTV this morning on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 9. This is The Open Line Show. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. Keeping you connected to what's happening in our city. It's Open Lines on High 
time, this your boy Ricky Smiley, man. Check it out, and you're listening to Open Lines with Cameron Riddle and Ebony Chappelle. And good Sunday morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle from WRTV this morning here at the Radio 1 studios with the good doctor, Dr. Virginia Kane, still on our live line. Doctor, are you still there? I am, I am. All right, she stayed with us through the commercial break. I originally asked, Doc, how much time do we have with you? She said, I'll do at least 30, but I might do the full hour. And she's doing the full hour. Thank you, Doctor. Let's go back to the phone lines because they have lit up and uh, have been the entire time. Let's go uh, jump right back into it with this caller on line three, who I think has been holding on for some time now. Good morning. You're live on the air. Hey, how you doing, Cameron? How you doing, Doctor? I'm all right. Hello, brother Motel up here. Just how a couple of questions. Yes, sir. Hit it. Uh, Doctor um, Kane, I work in all the hospitals around here. And, and uh, can you talk just a little bit louder? Okay, yeah. I work in mostly. I'm working mostly all the clinics and hospitals around the city. And uh, the one problem I think we're seeing is that there's not a lot of people. I think there's still a large segment of the population not getting tested, i.e., if you go out to Riverside Park uh, and just do a unscientific poll of the large crowds that's out there, most of those people have not been tested. And they're hanging out and partying every day. They haven't been tested at all. I would say a large percentage of the people that's out gathering in, in the parks and stuff like that have not been tested. Number one. Which, so that's which, one. which park are you seeing? All of them. I've been to Garfield, Riverside. I've been to oh, all of them. Uh, Spring Mill, uh, uh, Illinois, uh, Butler, Targeton, they up there. No masks, no doing nothing. I think a large percentage of the people that's out and about still are not getting tested or being tested. So those numbers, that positivity rate, probably definitely, definitely skewed. I don't think they're getting tested. And then uh, as far as the Latino community is concerned, I did read that article, and it talked about how a lot of them are not being tested also because they can't, if they do get a positive or whatever like that, they can't miss work or they're, they're going to go to work or whatever. So a large percentage of them are probably not being tested either. And then I like your comment on the new research from South Korea that was on CNN the other day that showed that children can carry the virus with asymptomatically in respiratory and in the nasal cavity uh, and transfer, and they figured that's probably where a lot of transferring is coming from. That was new research I did send to Cameron the other day, and I don't think he got a chance probably to read it or something like that. But what would your comments be on that? And then lastly, uh, my good brother kind of goes on a tangent, but intelligence is a science to know that when you're wrong and when you don't know things, and sometimes my good brother Larry can't admit when he's wrong and when he doesn't know anything. And since I've been working in healthcare 27, 28 years, I think I got a whole lot more knowledge about what goes on in it than he does. It's not slowing down. We're still having issues. We're still having problems. And I think that positivity rate is a lot larger because of the lack of people getting tested, especially people hanging out and doing whatever they do. Not to even mention what the colleges are going through right now. So uh, I just want to throw those out there now to your comments. Thank Th- you. Thank you, Motep. And I do see the tweets. That's why I got the doc back in here just for you. Dr. Kane, to you. So let me see if I can answer some of those uh, questions. So one, yes, uh, you know, the colleges have reopened and universities. Uh-huh. That um, IUPUI has about 30 thousand students that's not including the faculty or the staff and their goal is to screen and test every single one of their students and so um and i feel very comfortable about their students being tested at thirty thousand at the start and then they're going to test randomly at least ten thousand of their 30 students once a week 
to make try to find out any hidden uh, students. I believe Butler University is going to be testing all of their students, um, and I know that we will be working with Martin University uh, to help assist them in, in testing their students. So most of the colleges and universities are, are, are making a, um, a requirement for their students that if you're going to start school, you have to be tested uh, within like 72 hours, I believe, before school starts, and you have to be able to show us the test. So uh, we're doing better, I believe, from a testing standpoint along those grounds. But, yes, we definitely have folks who are working, and uh, they feel, you know, we didn't have the second stimulus bill has not yet been passed, I believe, that I haven't heard of. That's correct. So that you, and so because that stimulus bill hasn't been uh, passed, you have individuals out there that don't have a paycheck coming into their place. So they're forced to work, especially if there's a single individual or a single parent, because if they don't work, um, you know, their electricity, and they don't have money for food. So, of course, we definitely suspect and know that there are individuals out there who are symptomatic, know they're sick, um, and will still go to work because they feel and pray that no one discovers that they're, they're positive and pray that they're not infecting their coworkers by wearing the mask, and some of them, depending on where you work, they may not always be able to do social distancing. So, yes, those are concerns for us. We still have people, no matter what. Uh, they'll wear the mask to get into the store, and then like a grocery store or whatever, and then you'll see them pulling their mask down below their nose. So they, with the face covering, they're not transmitting it, but with the face mask pulled down below their nose, they can contract the COVID-19. And a lot of individuals, they feel because they have no symptoms, they don't have COVID-19. But you still just have a lot of people just say, hey, this is just a bunch of crock. I don't believe any of this, so I'm not going to wear a mask. So it's, it's a difficult issue for us. Doc, um... uh, we have about 17 investig- We have 17 people that's all their job that they're doing is going into the community trying to find these individuals who are not doing what they should and we try to find them carry them to court yes sir sorry you've got a a ton more callers but i just want to ask a quick question if it has a quick response at the beginning of this we were we didn't know how this stuff stayed on surfaces and um before i take off in any school bus i wipe that bad boy steering wheel buttons everything down thoroughly this board in this studio before i go on the air i wipe everything down um is that still what we should be doing because i heard there was some Uh-oh. research that said otherwise excuse me blanky blank yes all right my <laughs> excuse my friend okay <laughs> you should be washing and disinfecting everything once you go Leave your place. It doesn't hurt you to wipe off your doorknob as you come into your apartment or to your house. Wipe periodically your steering wheel if you drive or if you're traveling on a bus. You know, wash your hands. You need to carry hand sanitizers with you, and it has to have at least 60% alcohol. But continue to wipe everything 
down. Please do that on a regular basis inside your home. You know, you go wipe, wipe off your, your, uh, your toilet handle, okay? The door going into your bathroom. So wipe everything down, and it can keep you free of infection. But please, everybody, you need to get your flu shot. Because you're going to have a double whammy when fall comes. If you can get the you can get the COVID nineteen and the flu at the same time, and the flu is deadly. Okay. I think that answer was loud and clear, and I'm going to continue to wipe down everything as the doctor just made it loud and clear to do so. Let's go back to the phone lines three one seven two three nine ninety six ninety six. Caller, good morning. You are live on the air. Who's this? Hello. Hey, this is Maurice. How you doing? Good morning. I'm good, Maurice. What's happening, man? Nothing much. Um, I was actually calling in because I did have a few questions, and I'm glad Dr. Kane is uh, on giving us all this information. Um, For one, I do want to know, how soon do you think the children will be able to go back to school with confidence that they won't contract any of the COVID-19 symptoms? Um, uh, My other question would be that I am a uh, essential worker, so I have to be outside and around a lot a large number of people. Um, there have been uh, a COVID-19 incident actually with my company. They were supposed to have taken care of it. The people left and went to get tested and whatnot. Uh, my second question would be, what about the false negatives and uh, the different you know, um, results that people are getting, even though they do not have the COVID-19? Some people have said that they've gotten positive results, that they do have it. Uh, so would, should we indeed take the vaccine, if so, if we do get these positive results. So, so one, you can... And thank you for your call, Maurice. Get a test thank you. And you can have a positive test, depending on what type of test you get. So there's some tests, there's some tests that can give results back within 30 to 45 minutes. It's not as sensitive picking up people who are positive. So it can miss a number of people who are positive, depending on the type of test that you get uh, that are located in some of the some of the stores. Now, the tests that are done by the health department, it's it picks up almost all of the positives. It might miss less than one percent, but it picks them up. But we have had some people that have had some false positives that it looked like they were positive, but in reality. Doing the, the the best test related to it showed that it was a and what have you. Hmm. But um, I see what's the other question right quick. I can't remember. He was asking about his job and Maurice isn't on the line. But I guess what are if I what should advice for people who are uh, having these cases pop up at their job? I guess general advice on that one. So one. Um, you need to, we need to know, so sometimes, I hate to say it, but companies may not always tell us that they have a positive test. So you can call the health department and say, hey, I think we're having some positive tests. Now, we can't confirm that, uh, but if you report it to us, we investigate. And so if we look to find out that they haven't reported to us, but we know they're, uh, we can tell their cases coming from there, that helps us. And we go and have a communication with that company and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do and keeping those people at home uh, for at least 10 days and they have no symptoms, they're symptom-free for the last 10 days 
and no fever, they can come back to work. But we need to know that they're not working if they have a positive test. All right, let's keep going on the phone lines. 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, Miss Jackson. What's up, Miss Jackson? You got 45 seconds to answer, ask your question so she can get an answer so we can end the show on time. Hit it. Okay. The, the question that I have is, Virginia K., how are you? How are you? Uh, okay. I want to know... Um, when is the uh, vaccine going to be available uh, as far as the COVID-19? And when can you get the uh, the flu shot? So the uh, flu vaccine. shot, I, I probably Thank you for your call, Ms. Jackson. Get, yes. So, Mr. Jackson, for too much. I probably recommend that you get the flu shot starting around about mid-September. I'd like for that flu shot to last all the way through the COVID-19 period. So starting around about uh, right after Labor Day weekend, start making a point to get your flu shot. And there's a special high-potency flu shot if you're over the age of 60 because your immune system starts waning. It, It starts decreasing as you get older. So you need a little... Uh, flu shot that's specifically for seniors to make sure it boosts your immune system in a good um, way. The vaccine, I've heard some people say that it's going to be available in November. I think your president has said that. I'm not so sure that that's going to be the case. I would look for a vaccine to be available sometime around after January is when I suspect that the vaccine will be available now, the other thing is uh, we have to pay special attention because a lot of people are making vaccines, and definitely not all vaccines are the same. So I've got to make sure that any vaccine that we use in Marion County, they have gone through the right phases, and they've got enough people that they've tested before I feel comfortable giving a vaccine out in the community. So not all vaccines are equal. So we have to wait to see which ones they say they have. And uh, and then I've got to review all the studies with some colleagues of mine to say, mm, did they do it? Did they test enough people for me to use this vaccine? Uh, so those are the dish issues that I have to face as a director of a health department. OK, Dr. Kane, I have 90 seconds left in the show. Let me ask you this. Um the the state recommendation right now is basically at this level for all Marion County schools to go back in person full time, no hybrid business. But you as our director of, of public health, um, we have two school districts, at least uh, Washington Township and Indianapolis Public Schools, who have decided to go 100 percent virtual, at least until further notice. What is your recommendation right now for schools to do? Is it open, hybrid, closed, be 100% e-learning? What do you recommend right now? Is it safe to go back? Right now, we are not following the governor's recommendation or the State Department of Health recommendation. We have much stricter guidelines in place to make sure our children are safe. So the hybrid model prevents, it interrupts transmission. So it makes a huge difference. We have to wait and see our results 
okay? And we're, we've got too many cases that are carrying 115 cases per day. That's too many cases for us to be all in person. So don't look to see our kids in school in person until we've been below 5% positivity in our community for 14 days. And I hate to say we're even maybe looking at three weeks. But our number of cases that are occurring daily, they've got to be under 20, okay? So, hey, IPS, Washington District, they're doing fine. We are not ready to have all of our children go in in person at this particular time for Marion County. But also remember, higher population density in Marion County compared to a lot of the state, which has a lot of rural areas. So they're trying to do some broad recommendation for the entire state of Indiana. Dr. Kane says that ain't going to fly here in Marion County. Dr. Virginia Kane, thank you so much. Appreciate you, Cameron. Let Abs- me come back anytime. Absolutely. We'll try to check in with you next month and see how things are going. I appreciate you starting your Sunday with us. Thank you so much. Okay. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. More with Dr. K. Maybe next month. That's going to do it for this edition of the Open Line Show. We appreciate the callers. The phone lines are still ringing right now. We'll be back with more of this show next Sunday, live at 8. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle from WRTV. I'll see you tomorrow on TV.